0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Sue Rose Minahan founder of Talk Cosmos, which is insightful conversations, awakening your, let me adjust this camera here, consciousness. And today is April 23rd. I'm working with so many calendars I need to remember because today with Kaleidoscope Visions, which we always do the transits, we're working about two transits which are coming up ahead. Well, actually one we just experienced on the 20th of April, and the next one will be on the 5th of May. And you might notice, interestingly, on that last screen, we've had two L's, which I tried to edit, but it's like it's happening. We have double things happening. So we will have a participant that will share her life experience. Like, how do these really relate to us? It's going to be dynamic. And to let those folks know the solar is always the new moon and the lunar is the full moon the culmination something that we need to really release okay we are ready now for kaleidoscope visions
0: learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience this is your kaleidoscope visions panel
1: i'm sue rose Minahan. The founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma, and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life.
2: And I am John Chenworth, an astrologer from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in Southern Arizona and was so obsessed with mythology that I concretely imprinted the Greco-Roman pantheon into my psyche. I still see those gods and goddesses infused into everything around me. My experiences of working with developmentally disabled and resource students for many years as both teacher and mentor has given me a strong compassion for others and has seasoned me with an exceptional reconciling energy. I have more than 18 years' experience reading natal charts and continue to enhance consulting techniques by attending workshops and conferences. I use a unique blend of evolutionary, archetypal, and traditional astrological methods to look for themes in the birth chart for us to explore. I also enjoy penning poems and exploring Washington State on road trips.
1: And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Yes, indeed, we are. Hello, John. I'm Hello. so glad to see you.
2: Good yeah. to see you, too.
1: <laughs> and for our audience, Amanda was unable this week. She'll be back next month. So this is a great treat for the two of us to really dive into these charts because what an intense season.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Very intense.
1: Well, <laughs> well, Nathan will bring up our thank you so much and there's our 1L, but it is a solar eclipse. It's within 10 to 12 degrees of the lunar nodes, and the lunar eclipse, which is coming up, is 15 to 18 degrees. You know, we have, I will say to our audience, three different recent uh, talks on Talk Cosmos about the eclipse, and at the very end there will be a playlist for those people on youtube or else just go to your podcast kknw has a whole library too and you can find out a lot more information in different ways that we're looking at these so it happens twice a year every six months the first one is that just happened on the 20th was the very last degree of aries how intense is that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and i guess i
2: degree, 29 degrees
1: Yes, it is. It's still a rebirth. It's happening like it's if if it's really masterful of really planning out some energies. Mm-hmm. And it for those people on this show, it is a Saros. That's S-A-R-O-S. It's a solar series 129. And it started in 1103. So it happened on two days on the 20th, which is in universal time, it was in the morning, at 4.12 in the morning. And in the East Coast here, it was just after midnight, 12.12. And then for the rest of the coast, like in the West Coast, it was at
2: 9.12. Probably about 7 p.m. your time. Uh,
1: yes, it was. Right. I was noticing yeah. that. Yeah, it was still yeah. getting dark, but we couldn't see it. It was down there on the very low hemisphere on the yeah. In the Pacific I think Ocean. it's visible
2: uh, Indian Ocean, Australia.
1: Yes, the West Coast of the Ningaloo Reef. Thank mm. you. So here is our, just briefly looking at the global chart, which we do regard starting at Greenwich time, which is universal time coordinated. Interestingly too, because look at that ascendant for our consciousness, it's all a birth moment the very beginning of Aries.
2: Yeah. And the other planets in Aries really say this is a very Aries kind of eclipse. Moon, Sun, Jupiter, Chiron.
1: And you know what I realized? And this is what we brought up with archetypal symbols because we do the new moon, that the new moon last month was zero or one degree Aries. So there it is right at the ascendant. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like, the starting point and the culmination point all at once. It's like fast track. Mm. Yeah. So then, and we're going through this pretty rapidly for folks because we have a lot of charts here and we're incorporating too. And again, go back to our other wonderful podcasts and YouTubes to see more. But this one coming up is in Scorpio. Of course, Scorpio is a water sign. It is an intense, very deep sign of transformation and it will be almost at that and it's fixed almost at that midpoint 15 degrees it's 14 degrees and 58 seconds Mm.
2: and some would say that would be a critical degree the exact midpoint of the sign right
1: (laughs) yes it's a world point actually like the zero degrees it's something that we all relate to oops Mm. frog here in the throat so it's may 5th And again, starting at Greenwich, it'll be in the evening at 533. But wherever, as far as we're concerned, it's going to be on that day of May 5th. So in East Coast, it'll be in the afternoon at 1.33. And for the West Coast, in the morning at 10.33. And there's some seconds here, 52 seconds. And I noticed that these two sorrows series actually... As of the lunar, which happens at 1608, which is right when, just shortly after the USA started having Jamestown and the pilgrims started coming over. They are like paired until 2528. So it's quite a remarkable energy of to to look at itself however that consciousness is going to work for us so here we are we are going to look at i'm thinking well you were going to comment let's go to the national chart for this may 5th lunar eclipse or did you want to look at both of them and what thoughts you have between these two eclipses.
2: I just can't get over how the solar chart has all the Aries energy and the lunar chart has all the Taurus energy. It's like, so we're going to move forward really quickly and be adventurous and go for what we want to go for. And then suddenly we're like, wait a minute, take a breath, settle down. What have we gotten ourselves into? Maybe, I don't know. I think it's really interesting.
1: It is, especially since Mercury is in that natural cycle in Taurus of, Mm -hmm. Hey, let's review things and how am i feeling about it like mm-hmm. am i feeling good about this because that's the body you know it's the opposite of scorpio where you take your resources and connect them with another set of resources to really make life but here it's like my resources how am i
2: yeah and tied to the north node the, are the evolutionary direction we all want to take going forward how do we put that in are we're, we're moving forward here and doing the best we can do for ourselves and for others and respecting others as well as they do their growth
1: and that energy is huge too looking at the fact that so many of these consciousness of these outer signs are in more socially uh culturally interpersonal signs like like Hmm, we have yeah. yeah for the lunar eclipse in this nation uranus which is really immediacy like what's happening right now and it is right at our mid heaven in our consciousness of uh, next to well i'm thinking to of saturn that wants to know what is lasting and it's in that consciousness of everything <laughs> you know pisces <laughs> it's like the greater energies sure yeah, like you're saying, how is it affecting everybody?
2: Well, with the sun conjunct Uranus in the lunar chart on May fifth, that's that's like the the self and then the collective coming together, right?
1: Mm. it is. Like, how are we networking? How, what right? What works with us is that going to work with other in, people? in Taurus?
2: What are we building that's useful for all while we still respect ourselves? The sun, right?
1: Love it. Yes. Well, shall we go into Janet's charts? Sure. Okay. We have later at the half hour, a guest, Janet, and who has agreed that we could have her chart here. And is for those people that are on YouTube, you can read it. Otherwise for the podcast, it's May 20th, 1951, nine ten in the evening in Van Nuys, California. So this chart has a Sagittarius rising, which is at 16 degrees. And it is almost a full moon chart. It's balsamic, Mm -hmm. meaning that the consciousness of that chart was almost getting ready to close enough in many ways i feel to to really
2: the very end of the balsamic phase actually yes
1: 28 degrees like really having
2: to uh like finish all unfinished business kind of energy to get ready for being reborn again or starting a new cycle yeah it's
1: very deep and these nodes because we have the south node in scorpio must have been since it started which was A year ago, January, I believe, been pretty um, meaningful to her for many changes. It would have conjuncted, and there were probably eclipses happening at that time because the eclipses are with the nodes. That's what they do, the paths cross. At any rate, for her chart, what stands out is looking where's the ruler? Jupiter is the ruler. Lock stock and barrel of Sagittarius, and it is in that in Aries. So really, she's also had a Jupiter return. This is so powerful. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are big. It happens every twelve years, but Jupiter in Aries needs to speak their voice. They have a, it's a need. I mean, Gemini. I mean.
2: I can relate. I have Jupiter and Aries.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and it's like, how do you do that? Where do you find a, a, a channel for that? How do you find a, a platform? I have Jupiter trying my Mars. So I also, that's why this talk show helps. But I often find like, well, okay, so I need to speak, but what about, you know, so it's how do I help others? It's, if we
2: look at the Jupiter, it's in the fourth house. Maybe it's uh, finding that voice comes from an ancestry or uh, mm-hmm. being rooted somewhere, grounded. So you're coming from a place place of strength. Like, mm-hmm. I would, like the fourth house to me is the roots of the tree. So build that base where you can always feel strong and settled so the voice can come out.
1: Yeah. Or able to talk other people's histories, other people's yes, channels. Yes. Yeah, other Absolutely. ideas. So what else we have here? Also, along with that, that ruler Mars is smack dab right next to the sun. So it's very hmm. motivated. It's a very motivated sun. And it's in a house of service, you know, of of sixth house, which is
2: There's a lot how of dedication I, in this chart. Yes. You know? how, do you know I,
1: I mean? how do I how do I um and it's activation you know very activated and on a daily it's our daily life also and how to perfect my skills there's
2: how to shine
1: mm-hmm. I, I,
2: uh, like a like a fearless, a fierce shining and being okay with that mars in- lighting up the sun
1: and interestingly there it's the again that very last degree of taurus which oh, is yeah. such a visual you know both taurus is visual it it also has a lot of art artful and music involved it's not always so vocal so
2: so with Jupiter in the fourth house we talked about that grounding and we have the sun at 29 taurus so really getting that taurus energy that that that's a a double message of getting that groundedness down how i want to how i want to be represent finding that voice
1: yeah it must be very um, grounded and the last thought now i looking at this is there is a yod that's always perhaps new to some people but that's a finger of god and it is where you have one planet which happens to be in this case her north node with hygea that little
2: asteroid of health that yeah, health uh, goddess yes
1: right? and in that sign of communication mm-hmm. and that is between Neptune and Pluto, Right. so it's a how to make these visions, these greater in the depth, how to vocalize, so it's always a matter of integration, because it isn't automatic, that the energies aren't easily always perceived, so it can be challenging, but it's growth, a lot of growth, they want to experience the two.
2: And Neptune oh. being spirituality and Pluto being power, the power of spirituality, and because it's a yod, you're learning to, I guess, therapeutically be the word because they're 150 degrees. How to work with that? Because not easy, right? No,
1: it, it takes. But although it depends on where your perspective is, I've read that because I have sure. one too, and and if you get a larger perspective of it, you can find some commonality. So here we have Janet's with the sun, because we have to go to the the next one too, with the lunar. Here, so I have in yellow, how this eclipse, what it's really primarily doing that's just passed on the 20th, her Mercury, her vocal, that's our consciousness of how we voice things. And it's in the fifth house of creativity. Yeah, And it is in that sign of Taurus. So it's grounded, it's maybe preverbal. I say preverbal because Mercury. I mean Gemini is where I have my Mercury in Gemini. Thank you. <laughs> it's just how do I coordinate my words? But I can find words usually, not always. So at any rate, it is. It is.
2: It's really working with the slowed down energy of working with the words, thinking about what you're going to say, putting the words in order. It's like just thought, really thoughtful speaking.
1: Or how to create it, how to manifest creativity,
2: fifth house. Maybe
1: that's the energy is Mm -hmm. really how am I going to manifest getting that
2: expression, that creative artistic expression. expression. External
1: yes, thank you very much. I think that's it. So here we have the lunar one coming up. And I think thankfully it was perfect timing. Janet wanted she she filled this form out months ahead, and now it's happening, which is Always a message to me how beautiful spirit works. If you're working with spirit, because this is really a, a strong energy that we can talk about instead of a head. It's coming up because here the actual uh, eclipse is the it's the full moon, right? So the moon here mm-hmm. is on the outside and it's in the eleventh house with the south node which means it's really a releasing a releasing uh, mm. eclipse for all of us and in this case it's in the 11th house of who are my like-minded people Wh- who's my group who's-, who's
2: my guild who's my my professional group my out in the world community
1: yeah the ones that i just right
2: i caught something between these two charts the uh vesta is very close to mercury i think in both charts so what this is there's a sacred tone to this
1: oh yes now for those people (laughs) vesta is this uh the hearth and it looks like a little fire kind of like a hearth and And it's one of the
2: brightest asteroids like in the entire belt
1: it's what's sacred your sacred hearth and if it's in the fifth house how do i do that and where did you see it here oh yes and it's also near the sun and it's also, also
2: on the no, it's conjunct.
1: In the fifth house. So the fifth house is very distinctive in this chart. However, uh, this chart also words. has oh, other energy. Well, that's no, beautiful. Has other energies Is wanting to coordinate. There's an action. Squares in my language, particularly with vibrational astrology, mean how, do, how am I being motivated to act? So it's just a challenge of, well, it can be challenging. It's just you want to be active. And she already has a lot of activation in her chart with that Mars, with the sun, that consciousness. She's an active person. But here it's with her Saturn of longevity. Saturn is longevity. What is the core principle of what's lasting? And it is being, it's involved in this, eclipse t-square you could say with series it's nurturing how am i going to nurture what i see as long lasting with neptune and venus Hmm. so how venus being that consciousness of desires and communicating what people desire to other people in that seventh house with the greater picture so it's it's, it's an awareness, right? It's an awareness and how to
2: Neptune tie it together. Throwing a little bit of fog in, so it's hard to see where you're standing at the moment. And you have to wait for some of the fog to clear out of the way to see what well, just happened. Except, so that's the thing yes, Neptune.
1: Except I think it's greater spirituality. Like if it is, like she has this other fifth house, how to manifest personally how to manifest things from the 11th then it's like because saturn which is longevity and neptune which is the greater vision what's really spectacular out of this world how am i going to focus that to really bring meaningfulness or you know value to other people so it's 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 a creative thing that's remember this is the fifth we're talking ahead plus just to tie this together as, a, as as one of the energies happening, co- consciousness energies has an aspect that's another yod that's just for this eclipse saying okay, this is the energy here and it's to her natal moon that powerful Scorpio 28 degree moon in the 12th house that's concerned with the powers greater than herself anyway and where it's And it's in this quincunx trying to adjust to that Jupiter that's in the transiting Jupiter at 27 degrees and the Venus. So really I think there's a lot of overlap here because the focus, if it's Venus, would be in the house of others. Like how am I getting the values and what other people are desiring and the big picture of how to voice things in a creative way, mm-hmm. but it, it it it's always tricky when you have to get your own emotional how you're feeling about things and that depth of of
2: I think that covers that aspect. I don't know what to add to that. That's beautiful. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I'm just thinking what do I have next? Oh, oh, that's us. That's fine. Let's go back because I'm thinking we're almost ahead. We could actually break a little bit ahead. We have a a break here because it'll be interesting to see what Janet has to say and her questions. So we have a lot of time that we can devote to that. So, all right. Well, thank you, John. This is Kaleidoscope Visions for those that are listening. And it is April 23rd, just between the two eclipses. We had one It's a season every six months, but this is the first set. And it's the last set of eclipses with the nodes that we have right now that we've been experiencing for almost a year and a half, which is our resources, our resources of ourself, which we're trying to head towards, and those shared resources in Scorpio. One way of looking at it. So thank you for listening, and we'll be right back with John Chinworth. Oh, thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Taurus, By leaving a cycle based upon initiation, the energy of Taurus integrates spirit into a solid form of matter that is tangible and physical. It's an Earth sign concerned with self-sufficiency and the values to maintain the strength of a life form throughout its survival. This is Martha Norwalk. every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, April 30th, it's an encore presentation. Join us to hear our last healing show with Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen in the studio. They
0: help lots of listeners and animals with healing, and if you tune in and follow along, you can get a surrogate healing. So, join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. If you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show.
2: Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul.
1: Woo! That's the whole nine yards. Very good. Well, hi, John. Yeah. Well, we're back again. This is Kaleidoscope Visions. Everybody knows that. And, do, and I thank everybody that listens, and I thank everybody that subscribes. I send out a weekly subscription, so d- do li- subscribe to that. And it always has other information on it. Okay, well, I think with that said, how about if we
3: have Janet join us? Thank you. Thank you for having me. It Come was out. pretty... <laughs> Pretty right on what you guys said. I've always been a workaholic and I've um, always had a steady job. Spirituality has always been my biggest concern. I got involved at a really young age in the spiritualist churches and I was drawn there by spirit and I became a medium and a healer and also was a registered counselor. And at the beginning, when I was young, I was on TV. And then things changed where I kind of laid low. So it's kind of coming up again for me to do my work, but I always do service. I speak publicly, I do charity work. And then to ground me, I was a personal trainer. I still work out, I do boot camp and lift weights, even though I'm older. And so you got it pretty right on. And I just went through a clearing of maybe one or two people that I didn't feel was a positive choice in my life. And I love animals. And I hope you don't hear my dog barking. Oh, it's
1: okay. (laughs) I'm sure if so, the animal will be adding to our conversation saying, yes, that's right on. (laughs) And interestingly, before this show, we have Martha Norwak Animal Show, so. Well,
3: yeah. That is, go ahead, Janet. Well, I think for me now, it's coming up because I was supposed to do a seminar coming up, but then a family event came, so something changed. So it's me, whether I'm going out there public again or there's a part of me that just likes my freedom and to travel.
0: Yes.
1: When you say a seminar, how long is that seminar? Is it a? I don't the time because it sounds like it'd be a time commitment.
3: Yeah, yeah but it would only be like a day thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, not a not a long time, you know, seminar
2: how often do you do seminars
3: well i haven't been doing them as much but um because of some sickness and stuff Mm -hmm. and my husband got sick and so uh, i kind of laid low for a while and so now i was supposed to maybe go around may and i might delay it and then start you know again but in the meantime i always do service it re- you really do
1: exemplify when you said too about the exercise because so often that's the um virgo and mars right there so i applaud that it that commitment it's always a commitment and so this inter- yes and you are relating that you've released a few people that would be that 11th house perhaps getting prepared you know the energy is still happening so are you thinking of a new manifestation that you would like to create to share with people like in a different like in a written form or a
3: publishing form It, it might be with writing but i kind of delayed it sometimes my mind goes too fast so I don't feel like I always can say what I'm thinking. I'm dyslexic, but um, maybe in that form or maybe going more with, you know, hopefully traveling and then doing some work and then coming home and traveling and doing (laughs) some work. I love to travel.
2: How, uh, if you weren't traveling now, uh, where would you want to go? How long would you want to be traveling?
3: Well, I also live on the Olympic Peninsula, so someplace sunbelt. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a gray
2: winter. I get that. I out.
3: understand. <laughs> um, there was, a, my niece lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I really oh. like it there. So oh. she said to come down in May, but I'm going to delay it. Mm. Um, but the next trip, I think, to do maybe some work would be in Houston.
1: They have a good metaphysical store there in Tempe, which is, you know, in the Scottsdale Tempe area, because I used to live there in Scottsdale. And I just know that there is a good community, I think, in Arizona.
2: In general, yeah, also in Tucson, mm-hmm. where I'm from, it's very strong.
3: Yeah, I actually think I would probably. Do even better in that area than where I live. <laughs> have you
2: considered doing uh like vlogs rather than having to write to write to, to be able to just speak?
1: It's like called v l o g s like, like podcast
2: or like you know what I mean. Instead of having to like like put pen to paper and have to like whatever that is for you right now, if that's difficult, have you thought about like just speaking in front of a camera and just? Going that route, I'm curious about that. Uh-oh.
1: Doesn't sound like it. Are you there, Janet? Did we lose you? No, you for a minute, I'm back now. Oh, oh okay, very good. <laughs> yeah, it said that. Well, John was just asking if there's, okay, I will, gonna reframe this. That idea of publishing really sounds pretty exciting because you have, there's so much in this chart naturally that the consciousness of that, that that accentuates that idea of taking your voice and putting it out in a form, a published form. But there's many ways to publish these days. Of course, we're concerned often with the book, but there's also like John was saying about maybe Verbal, like like whether it's a um, they call it vlog, I guess v l o g, which is what is it, John? Where you video
2: writing? log instead of a written one, like yeah, blog you when you're writing.
1: Oh
3: but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But publishing in some ways, you have a Sagittarius rising. There's Saturn in the ninth house, which is I, that yeah, area that wants and it's being activated in this one about a nurturing way. and and tying together your values and the greatest. The sun rules the
2: ninth house of publishing, shining in the realm of some kind of getting your words out there or your message. Maybe say it that way.
1: Yeah. And Jupiter right at the very base of your soul. And you just had a, a return. So I would think that that's an interesting thing. You said that I'm wondering if, Okay, every 12 years, Jupiter returns. And for you, because it rules your ascendant, it's probably very powerful. And in, so I'm wondering if you said that these things are surfacing since you were young, where did I write that down? That you began this energy, you know, this spiritual mediumship when you were very young, and other things that, do you think it ties into 12-year patterns? That would have been, let's see, 2023 minus 12 would have been 2011, 2000… 2000,
2: uh, so like 99 or something like that, 98?
1: Yeah, 99, um, 98.
2: Did the math right? Um,
1: uh, 1977… Are any of these ringing bells that are
3: energy starts that you're kind of restarting a new path on? Um, 98 is when we moved to the Olympic Peninsula. We lived in Port Townsend before, but then we moved to Kingston. So that was mm-hmm. a change um, in 77. I don't remember. Um, oh, so in the... Early 70s, I lived in Europe. I lived in wow. Amsterdam in Italy. And then I went back in the 90s, and I lived again in Europe. And that's actually, <laughs> it's kind of funny, because when I first went to Europe, I went with my ex-husband. And when I went back in the 90s, I met my present husband. In Amsterdam, yeah, <laughs> travel is very big for you. It, it expands very much. Yes. It's yeah, and my husband's from Egypt, so I've been mm-hmm. to Egypt and have family in Egypt. It,
1: it, it that's very and how we talk about our spirituality that you know very old. Like here, you have interestingly natally your ruler jupiter that's everything about other cultures in the root like when john said it's at the base like our fourth house represents our the very fundamental parts of ourself and your right. timeline Ritz. must go way back in time yeah. and your husband is a representation of that
2: well, i'm just throwing some ideas out here you've mentioned travel and spirituality and getting some kind of a message out what if those are combined in some way and you're doing some kind of uh writing or vlogging about your travels with a spiritual bent to it you can mm-hmm. arrive in a new place and then be able to talk about that what that means spiritually and that'd be very interesting
3: and that's actually what i have been thinking about for a long oh. time um i just I would start it and then like, you know, I had a rollover accident and mm. my husband had some sicknesses of uh, viral meningitis. So it seemed mm-hmm. like luckily we always, everybody prayed for us. And so we always yeah. came through, but, um, but I thought about that and because it goes way back, like when I got into more spirituality people really thought you were crazy back then <laughs> things have changed yes yeah,
2: yeah. there's a, definitely an audience for it i think yeah absolutely but in the chart right now we have Ceres uh traveling through the ninth house and series is the uh, goddess of gardening and growing things and maybe she's wanting you to plant some seeds if nothing right if it's not going to happen now you can definitely start to nurture that and put the ideas out and plant some gardens that will become fruitful later.
1: And it's where we claim we the the positive the growth side of series is where we claim something for ourselves. Yes. And I'm also thinking like you brought up your dog and that you love animals. And I'm also thinking that besides people, there's a big audience of people that want to know more about their spirituality with their animals. So there could be a, a tie through with that. And of course, it with sixth house it's small animals and twelfth house is big animals. So it's the whole the whole basket of animals, you know, how you would do you have a certain thought about working that way? Uh-
3: um, I've done readings for people that have animals too, and I, and I've always had like we have a, we have a little, um, Shih Tzu Poodle mix, and he's like super super smart, and um, and then we had a Shih Tzu before that and a cat for twenty one years, so um, and he was abandoned. The cat was abandoned twice, and so at the beginning. You know, this gives you kind of an idea. I kept telling the the cat you're not gonna be abandoned because he'd be shaking and hiding under the couch. And Mm. then I kept giving him affirmations and then that cat thought he was king of the house. Oh my (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it was like a beautiful transformation because he wasn't taken care of. He was abandoned twice and I didn't even want a cat somebody said you want a cat so i took them in so i love animals animals like they give you more unconditional love than people do they teach us big lessons of love yes they do i've understood that animals
1: their contract they have specifically one for us we don't necessarily have not like with people where we have two soul contracts if this makes any sense
3: that they're totally there for us yeah that's really true and like i was so heartbroken when the this gives an example when the last dog died i was so heartbroken Mm -hmm. and it took me over a year to try to think about another animal and we have a big picture of our dog that died and I looked at the picture and I said, Are you gonna help me get a dog? And the very next day I got a hit on Yay (laughs) And that's when our and I named the dog Prince. And that's when Prince came to our house. I commit I share when we lost
1: our dog, which we had inherited from my father, because we cared, took my dad for three and a half years. I just grieved. It was. I thought that dog was right next to me for years, and even now, it's like a uh, emblem of 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 love for me. I I understand totally. And I'm looking at this lunar eclipse. The south node is four degrees Taurus which because it's ending in in july on the 18th it goes into it goes backwards the nodes go backwards actually and so it'll be in aries that for our north i nodes. think that's
2: four degrees scorpio
1: But no, no, no. The North Node is oh, North um, Node is a Taurus, yeah, four degrees Taurus. Yeah, that's all right. And it is conjunct exactly. In other words, it's lined up with that energy of your Mercury in Taurus, and it's right in the fifth house. So the the Moon itself is is so. In other words, the Moon and the Sun, because they're within range, they have to be within. 18 degrees, 15 to 18 degrees to have an eclipse. So this is not a total eclipse of this particular, It's in, you know, it's a long 1200 year cycle, but that it repeats itself. But the point that I'm making is that the nodes, the North node where you're heading is towards your vocal expression or some kind of expression. It could be an art form too, in a creative way it's in that and also you have this your natal energy that transmutes things that Pluto consciousness which is very deep in a deep spot
3: in your but I make jewelry too. Oh yeah. Yeah and yeah that's kind of a creative outlet for me.
2: I can't think what rules jewelry. I think that's Venus or Neptune.
1: Well, skills it would probably be in the sixth also, oh, but right. then is there some way that what let me ask before we leave here, do you have a something that you're to help us
3: like what are you wondering? are you have a question in mind? I think you hit it when you said more about me maybe doing publishing instead of um maybe going out there and doing seminars and things like that, maybe to concentrate more on the publishing right now and start something with that energy. So I think that for me that was helpful. And And
2: I I remember you can create that from a home base that Jupiter wants to be at home and you could that could be set up. There's a lot of lot of options now to do that
3: yeah yeah i just need some more um guidance with that but yeah and that would be good um and And as you travel that
2: office can go with you
3: yeah yeah that's the, the the nice thing about it um so kind of more i was thinking more on those energies of what's going to be next for me it would have to do with spirituality of course because that's the most important thing to me i have two thoughts gemini here two thoughts
1: one uh-huh. is that there is a well there's various ones but there's because i joined I, there's a book i want to write and that i'm in the process of and i understand that there's a scrivener it's s c r v let's see s c R V S C V I R N E R Scrivener, and it costs there's a free version that you can use for 30 days, meaning that whenever you work with it, that 30 days. So, if you don't work with it for within 30 days, could be in four months, whatever, then you purchase it. And it's only $59, I think, too, to purchase, so it's not outrageous, but it has a system of writing, I guess it's a little tech involved, I don't know about tech involved. I'm just learning it myself, which, but the point is, is that you can do your chapters and then rearrange them all the time. I guess it's very, it facilitates writing very easily. Yeah. So look into that. And the other, what was the other thought now, Sue? Uh, Oh, I know that traveling, okay, in the past, it's been very, you're in that new seed year with with just finishing up. You just had that return and you're still with Jupiter energy. I would imagine that going down to Scottsdale to visit your family member. And as we've said, it has a good metaphysical energy there and also in, or in Tucson, which also it has a lot of... Phys- In other words, you may meet people that will help facilitate another uh, partnership. It won't be perhaps a romantic one such as you had with your husband, but it'll be meaningful is what I'm
3: saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I grew up in the sun, too. I grew up in California. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when it's up here and it's dark and gloomy, <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> Especially yeah. when
2: to get, we're getting into April, May, and June. It's been a yeah. long time.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's beautiful up here, and I'm grateful. It is true.
1: Yeah these energies are pretty amazing. Uh, as far as oh how because and let me ask you something because it does involve your moon, your emotional, are there areas of your past that maybe you would like to tell a story
3: about? Is that part of it? Like you yeah. said Yeah, I had um I had uh I had abuse and some stuff like that. And so that's, and I did share that. I remember at a seminar last year, I didn't really know very many people and a woman came up to me crying and it helped her. If you help one person, I feel like you're doing a blessing. So anybody that you get that energy and you help you know, I just always think of myself as a tool, you know just a platform to help people. And so in that way the writing might help that and and I thought about that too, like to do some stuff but I'd have to do it carefully to help women go into who they are now and not what the abuse had happened i mean that it happened but that you have to arise from that and not blame that and see your true soul of who you really are there's a signature that in your is, chart there's
2: a signature chart that speaks to that um, in the natal chart there's juno conjunct the moon and right now juno is conjunct sun mars which i think is really interesting juno this goddess of fidelity and who you work with and she's also some say the ultimate a woman goddess and the genius of women And i think that's really interesting right there yeah. with the moon the need to take care of women maybe perhaps is that yeah. interpretation
1: and wow. i might add that juno represents our alignments who were in partnership right. and and to look at it, it looks like a little flower that's where it's sitting in the chart where in the heck is it right now oh and it's also next to your moon that's right but I'm thinking that that seems to me to be the the book that wants to be. So, in other words, when one's writing a book, it takes a while to figure out what is it that I really need to talk about. What is it I need to share? And sometimes I know I have one from abandonment too when I was small, and I had this big epic idea of a book, but I realize that regardless if I do that book, I have this first one about what it meant in my life as a gift you know that experience at three years old and three and a half so
2: i think and a powerful book can be a small volume like jonathan livingston Siegel, which is mm. not that big and it was it was powerful so it doesn't have to be this gigantic encyclopedic thing it could be just a brief thing and and it could catch on and people would it would help people
3: that's a good note because sometimes I think I think of, you know, it has to be real big or has to be this way because it's trying to keep it professional. But that's not really true. I think the main thing is just really speaking from your heart and Mm -hmm. putting the word out.
1: Do you you do crafts? Do you? Paint it all or draw?
3: No, I'm not good at that. Okay, no, that's fine. I, I just wanted to ask.
1: That's all. No, 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 no worry. But this is true. I think focusing on that, you have such strong meditative energies that, and 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 releasing the conditioning that might be another part of this because oh, yeah. Saturn can think, and it's in it's in a sign that wants to have detail and. You know, in Virgo, it wants to be conscientious, but yet if you just release as much conditioning about that and let your heart speak, uh, I think you'll mm. yeah you know, work with the creative energy that way. And you know, books too lend great notability or cred- credentials for speaking engagements. That's the other side of it these days.
3: Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. It's almost like you have to have a book to speak unless you know people or you have a good person Well it opens up, all, up.
1: Yeah, but it opens up all kinds of avenues. It could be quite uh, rejuvenating, I would think, to share. Oh, oh, that's right. You know what, Nathan, if we can go right back to that for a sec. I just wanted. yes, this is John. Thank you very much, Janet. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you both. I appreciate right. it. I
3: appreciate
1: it. Thank you. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thank you, John. Here we have John Chinworth, skypathastro.com. If you're interested in contacting him, of course, I'm Talk Cosmos. And there is our YouTube station. And also to get that newsletter, just sign up. You can go to Talk Cosmos website. And, and if you do go to the YouTube station, you will see a whole host of playlists. And here I have as the last slide, a whole ton of them about Pluto, and about 2023, and the equinox, and all about the eclipses. So thank you, Hira. Now I have John. Hello, John. Hello. <laughs> well, we missed Amanda, but I think we carried it through. It's quite... Uh, now I'm realizing we better look at our own charts for this lunar eclipse coming up.
2: I'm going to have to, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's the first time that Pluto is in Aquarius, ruling that south node. So it is wanting to do more, how to elevate what's what's our network, who's who's our people that love us, that we love.
2: Transformation of communities and the power in the community that we have.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're in my community. This is good. Thank you, me too. (laughs) Yeah, we go way back because, like Amanda said, we went to the the yeah. Great American <laughs> Eclipse in 2017.
2: In Idaho, it was so fun.
1: <laughs> oh, it was. It was a great retreat with Gemini Brett who organized it, and mm-hmm. Amanda was there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so anyway, we may not be the official Eclipse crew, but onward. <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.